0: Hey, what's going on? Your play-by-play voice, Paul Allen, joined by analyst and our former Vikings player and coach, Pete Bursich Following a convincing Philadelphia Eagles victory over Minnesota, twenty-four-seven, it is the first loss in the Kevin O'Connell era, and the team is one and one with Detroit on the horizon. Uh, let's uh, let's begin here before we start hearing from some of the uh, luminaries. Uh, with the Minnesota Vikings, but um, Kirk Cousins had three interceptions, and they couldn't get anything going in the running game. How much did that factor into this, Peter? Oh, it, I mean, it
1: factored huge. as is Philadelphia had an interception? We blocked the field goal. Uh, you take, you know, we were inside the thirty yard line, I believe, four times, at least three, maybe four times, and put got zero points out of any of those drives. Uh, so that was huge. It, it was, you know, the first interception to slay. Uh, I think it was a miscommunication between J.J. and and Cousins. Um, The next couple, you know, those were on Kirk. Kirk trying to make something happen. So, uh, you know, pushing a little bit too hard. And this offense started out slowly. You know, Philadelphia, to their credit, changed the front that they played. They brought different people in the game. You know, they wanted to play a five-man front, get Hassan Reddick on the outside, bring in Jordan Davis to play nose, and they did that. And it took a little while for the Vikings to adjust. Meanwhile, defensively, You were holding on, you were holding on, and then things started to break defensively and mental errors. Drop passes offensively, mental errors defensively, those were the difference makers in tonight's game.
0: When you spend the entire, well not the entire week of practice, but when so much of your focus is on a team that just ran for 216 yards and four touchdowns, and they come out throwing, and Jalen Hurts passed for three hundred and thirty-three yards. It's I certainly in no way would say were the Vikings not prepared or ready for an Eagles passing game, but it can't be disputed that many of these pass catchers were wide open. Oh,
1: they were. And and that's exactly it. There's it's one thing it's one thing when a guy you get the right you know, thread the needle, or you get a good throw and a good catch. This is a, this was a situation where we were just turning guys loose. I mean, that the the touchdown early to Quez Watkins, that was a three level route. We had two defenders chasing the seven route, the corner route. Nobody covering the clear. The clear is normally the decoy. That's normally the route that you run to clear out the zone. It's exactly what they call it, a clear route. And we just said, "Ah, man, we're not going to cover him." So, you know, Jalen Hurts, they. They started hit with him throwing a week ago against Detroit. He started that game 0 for 5. Tonight he started 5 for 5. So, you know, credit, you gotta give credit where credit's due. I mean, they they have a, a very extensive running attack. We were physical with Jalen Hurts early. I think if we could have kept them in that game, in that game plan, those hits would have added up. You know, this the score 24 7, you know, I, I know a lot of fans are gonna be oh, here we go again. Same old Vikings. There was. This is a closer game than you think. I'm not saying with the Vikings would have come away a winner, but there were so many missed opportunities offensively and defensively. Paul, uh, it's it's hard for me to get to that second level of that and saying ifs and thens and you know because if if you can't if you're not catching the ball out of the backfield if you're not covering guys, yeah, you I mean it's going to be a long year. So. Um, you know, whatever momentum that we had in Week One and emotion and everything that we carried into that Green Bay game, somehow that was lost along the way. And um, I think you take a look at this team and they were to walk up this field. And I, of the 22 starters, I'm gonna say you know 18 of them are gonna be like, yeah, I could have played a lot better. But I do want to take a second, Paul, and give a hat tip to the special teams unit. Wow, they they won. You talk about a three-phase matchup. They won the game. They, they the block field goal, uh, putting us on around the 30-yard line. Um, you know they they were difference makers tonight, flipping the field, the whole thing. So um, you I gotta give I gotta I gotta you know give a tip of the cap to to that unit and, and how well those guys play tonight.
0: Coming up on the Post Game Report podcast, uh, you will hear the thoughts of Kevin O'Connell via his press conference, likewise for uh, Kirk Cousins, and uh, the debut of Ron Johnson's three takes. But we begin with Gabe Henderson and Ben Lieber and Between the Lines.
2: Welcome to Between the Lines, fueled by Gatorade. The Minnesota Vikings fall to the Philadelphia Eagles 24-7 to here at Lincoln Financial Field. And Ben Lieber is joining me today. And Ben, um, from start to finish, it seemed like the Minnesota Vikings just wasn't ready for what the Philadelphia Eagles had. What were your thoughts on how this game started and then concluded for the Minnesota Vikings?
3: You know, I got to admit I was a little surprised by just – how how little we could compete with them on a series by series basis and i knew when when they received the first half kickoff that all right they're gonna have something for us i mean it's game two for them as well and and um you know certainly they didn't empty the whole playbook last week so we're gonna see some new wrinkles we saw tempo yeah we saw you know right off the bat they go empty personnel and we saw jalen hurts arm yeah you know we We all talked about it before the game that, hey, we got to make sure that we we put Jalen Hurts in a situation where he's got to become a passing quarterback. Well, he did that on the first drive and looked really, really good and never really lost the momentum as the game went on. And then all of a sudden you start throwing in the idea that, he can pass the ball now. They still have the read option. Yep. Our defense was on their heels the whole time. Offensively, a lot of just missed opportunities that I that I saw. We, we had the protection there that the offensive line was providing Kirk. I think Kirk missed some throws and missed some open receivers in the first quarter and then kind of settled in, was able to find some rhythm. You get that big drop by Irv. Yeah. You get a bunch more drops by basically every receiver, it seemed like, in the second half. And, um, you know, Misreads, you know, J.J., whether or not he, run, he ran the wrong route after that, uh, that blocked field goal, that was a momentum killer. I mean, it was just missed opportunities that you can't have when you're playing in a really hostile environment on primetime TV.
2: Yeah, there were two setting change moments tonight, the blocked field goal and then the Jordan Hicks interception, mm-hmm. and we got zero points off of sudden change and playing in an atmosphere like this you need any kind of momentum that you can get but I want to go back to Jalen Hurts almost 400 total all well I guess all purpose jars today I uh, pretty much did whatever he won but one thing we were talking about was the middle of the field for this defense yeah. was wide open what does a, a running quarterback do to a defense that causes holes like that in the defense
3: well it's interesting and this is why I think it, I think Philly's offense is going to be a hard out all season long you go back a week ago and Detroit's linebackers were very aggressive. Mm-hmm. They were getting downhill very quickly to try to stop any sort of running game As if the ball was handed off, and they were exploited in the passing game whenever they would pull the ball out. So it looked like the Vikings linebackers took the approach this week of of just sort of skating and staying lateral, not committing to go downhill mm-hmm. so they leave themselves open. Well what that does is put them in constant conflict. They were neither attacking the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. nor were they dropping back in coverage and taking away some of those windows. Yep. So they were sort of stuck right where they started. Mm. And they were in a little bit of like, you know, coverage yeah. purgatory. You're not really helping up front, yeah. you're not really helping the guys in the back end. Things are being thrown in front of the safeties, which is fine, which is the way that the way the defense is designed. Mm-hmm. But again, because they didn't know at all whether the ball's gonna be handed off or or the ball's gonna be passed and they're p- always playing on their heels, they could never get a beat on yeah. it. They couldn't they couldn't play aggressive. And so uh, it's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. How how did that affect third down? Because
2: they were seven of thirteen on third down. They averaged over 10 yards per third down, and it seemed like we couldn't stop them. So, how did that run-pass option affect our defense when it came to stopping them and giving the ball back to our offense?
3: Well, you saw too many times with our corners and our safeties either it's bad eyes or their mental busts. Okay. Um, it's not all on the linebackers. We had a number of occasions where it seemed like a safety would bite on an intermediate route, and we get a, we get a big one over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we got a couple look like on Cam Dantzler's side where he would let a guy go thinking that something's going to come back to him, and it wasn't there. And sure. then, you know, guys guys doing this too much at each mm-hmm. other. Like, arms out in the air. Like, is that me? Is that you? Like, yeah. what's going on? And so, again, I just think that because you have to keep one eye on the running game and one eye on the passing game, they had our defense just spinning like a top.
2: I want to move to the offensive side of the ball. Um, this is a shock to everybody, but Kirk Cousins led our offensive rushing yards. He had 20 <laughs> rushing yards. <Dalvin laughs> that Cook should had, never happen. That should never, never happen. happen. Dalvin Cook only had six rushes. So, what did this – philadelphia eagles do to limit us to i guess throwing the ball more than what we wanted to do
3: well i think they got great penetration up front um you know right from right from the get-go on the very first snap you know derisaw got blown back um you know just hat and hands right in its chest on a running play and and um you know i think from there it kind of set the tone that those guys those front four were going to stay aggressive and get upfield and um you know, we tried different avenues. I thought we had, you know, one drive where we, we went 21 personnel, which is two running backs, one tight end. It's a base. It's calling for base personnel on defense, and we spread them out. Mm-hmm. We went empty formation. We really messed with some of their mismatches, and we took advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to run game, we, when we have to get off script so early mm-hmm. because we need to score now, mm-hmm. we, have to, we have to steal back some of that momentum. I think it got us a little bit off schedule. You know, we couldn't play vertically with our offensive line. Mm -hmm. And again, they... They just beat us up. They they flat out kind of flat out kind of beat us up. Yeah, and, and and I guess them beating us
2: up only caused adversity. And going back to Kevin O'Connell's first press conference, he talked about he wants to start having adversity. Yeah, we talked in the Minnesota Vikings podcast earlier this week about us being in this honeymoon phase since early February when Kevin O'Connell got hired. We're out of that phase now. Yeah, we sure are. So going forward, or going back to your conversation with Kevin O'Connell post game, mm-hmm. where does this Minnesota Vikings team go from here?
3: Well, look, I mean, these these things are going to happen. I mean, the uh, coach is not going to go first-year head coach, and not a lot of coaches are going to go 17-0, and, and you're <laughs> going to face some adversity. <sighs> really? <laughs> <laughs> it's just unfortunate that it fell as flat as it did today. Um, you know, the, really the only bright spot was the special teams. They mm-hmm. they played really well. And, look, Coach O'Connell was, you know, I, I think his his mood was expected. You know, it was – it was fine. I mean, obviously, he wasn't happy about it, yeah. but um, I, don't, I don't think that he was completely dejected because he knows he's got another opportunity. Uh, he's got another opportunity to look at what went right and what went wrong. And I think everybody's just excited to see this team go back to US Bank Stadium against another wow. division opponent. Um, you know, these division games are so important mm-hmm. against a really tough Detroit Lions team. Let's see how they respond. You know, yeah. Seeing how you respond to adversity is not always about what happens in the game. Let's see how these guys respond to adversity with a a late night of travel, Mm They got to get right back and get right back in the game plan. Short week. Do the whole flush thing when it, when it comes to what you learned and what didn't go right, and see how they respond in the in the meat of this week and how they respond on Sunday.
2: I honestly think a short week is the best thing for this Minnesota Vikings team because you can just flush it out as quickly as possible and get ready for that next game in six days against the Detroit Lions. But let's close it out with this: What's one positive that the Vikings can take away going into that Detroit Lions game?
3: Well, I think we're starting to get Irv Smith more involved. Okay. Um, look, he, he, dro- he dropped a would-be touchdown pass. He came back, and you know, I think he had a couple solid catches and, and made him, his presence felt. But... I think as we get into this, we need to start implementing him a little bit more. Uh, I thought the way they used Jalen Rager was great. Early on, he lined up in the backfield as yep. a running back. They got him out on a wheel route. Now, look, it was covered. He wasn't the primary target, but we're starting to see a little bit more of him. Yep. He got involved on in a jet sweep that resulted in a first down. So let's start seeing some of that speed that we keep hearing about on some of these simple, maybe gadget-ish routes and concepts, but yet he's another weapon to add to this offense. Well, a lot of
2: weapons we need that we were going to need heading into next week and beyond but more importantly this Minnesota Vikings team has an opportunity to bounce back next week at home at noon at U.S. Bank Stadium so Vikings fans we're looking forward to seeing you there for Ben Lieber my name is Gabe Henderson
0: this is Between the Lines fueled by Gatorade now Gabe and Ben talked about third downs where the Eagles were seven of 13 and um, the Vikings were four of 12 on KFAN uh, on the Vikings radio network, you you stressed an hour before the game how important third down was tonight, and it completely went pear shaped for us.
1: It, it did, and we talked also about how this this Philadelphia offense, because they run the ball so efficiently, you're not going to get a lot of third and longs out of them. And we did; we got a lot of those. And I mean, kind of, you know, to coin a phrase from Denny Green, you know, they let them off the hook. Um, you know, they were f- almost 60 percent on third down a week ago. Last year they converted at a forty-five, almost a forty-six percent rate. That was a franchise record, but that's the diversity of this offense. And again, Jalen Hurts is, makes this thing start and go, start and stop. His talent, his talent set, and to see him tonight sit back there and throw the way he did, yards after catch. Um, you know, tackling needs to get better. There's, there's, there's we didn't do much to take away. What they tried to do, and they tried to do some new things, and we didn't make them pay for
0: it. Let's get the thoughts of Minnesota Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell with his post-game press conference following a Philadelphia Eagles twenty-four-seven victory over Kevin's Minnesota Vikings.
4: Um, obviously, a you know very very difficult night, um, you know, for our team. But you got to give the Eagles a lot of credit. Uh, they, they outplayed us um, and, and really controlled the football game. Um, really in, uh, in a lot of phases of the game. Um, but I, when I look back on tonight, um, ultimately I think, uh, you know, I put, I put this one on me. Um, I put this one on me. I don't think I did enough for our team in game. And, and obviously I, I think our plan, uh, we felt good about our plan. They did some things defensively uh, and just seemed to, seemed to kind of push us to the point where we just needed to make that one or two uh, plays on a drive to kind of get going and see if we could potentially finish um, and and kind of capture that momentum. And then ultimately, as, just as a football team, although our defense and, and special teams with the block field goal, uh, defense with a, you know, forcing a turnover there late just to try to help us try to get going. And ultimately, we weren't able to capture that. And uh, like I said, you got to give Philadelphia a lot of credit. But ultimately, I, I, I do mean it. I do feel like this one's on me. And I, I, I told our team that, uh, you know, I'm going to work like crazy to make sure that this does not happen again. And uh, we're, I have no doubt we'll be prepared and ready to respond. Um, like the way I know we will. Do you all three of Cousins' interceptions were kind of deep in Philly territory? Do you see any similarity or a common thread on those? No, I, I think uh, you know the you know kind of looking back on them, um, they'll all have their own story. Um, I think we were we were trying to be aggressive, you know on the uh, you know on on all those downs. They were kind of one of them. That last one. Um, was kind of a longer yardage you know, kind of situation type thing when we were throwing the ball to Adam out in, the, uh, out in kind of the, uh, the flat area, deeper flat area. And then we were just trying to activate J.J. On, on a kind of a second and 10. Thought we'd get a little bit more on the first down play call. Um, ended up kind of you know, right you know, checking the ball down and getting right into that second and 11, second and 10. And tried to activate something and Slay made a good play. You know, sat inside and, and made a good play on the football. He's a really good player, had a good night. Um, and, and ultimately, we've got to find ways uh, to make it easier, you know, on our guys and, and try to give them an advantage when they can. But didn't run the football enough. Um, you know, they kind of had some things schematically that uh, you know got us into uh, some different you know phases of our offense by just trying to you know get get good plays off versus some good looks. And that's where I got to do a better job. Make sure we stick to stay true to what we are and, and what we want to be offensively. Um, but yeah, those uh, those turnovers were. They were tough, just where they, just kind of those momentum killers here and there, and and every single one of them has their own story, and we'll make sure that uh, we coach them up and and uh, put our guys in better positions. Kevin, what was the plan defensively um, in the first half? I mean, they obviously they, they come out and they are kind of running pretty good against you. Uh, yeah. So
2: what was sort of the plan and what were the adjustments?
4: Actually? Yeah, I think the plan, you know, was to try to you know account for obviously Jalen in the run game, and 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 they put a lot of pressure on you with those RPOs and. Different variations. Sometimes they're reading to throw. Sometimes they're reading to, you know, pull and run. And then they've got, you know, layers to what they do on those early downs. So those just kind of four or five yard hits, uh, kind of put them in manageable third downs, and they were able to kind of convert here and there. I think they were over 50% for the night. But ultimately, when I look back on it, there was some ops for us. Second and long. Third and long. Um, where they were able to, you know, he puts a lot of pressure on the defense with how he can break contain. And, uh, you know make some off schedule plays. I, I thought uh, you know we were early especially early on in the game we were right there a couple plays I, I can remember where we were right there and they just made the play and, and that's where I think you got to give them credit. We'll obviously have to evaluate um, things we can do better c- coaching staff wise and, and really me personally uh, to really put our entire team in a better position um, to not only get off to a faster start uh, but then be ready to uh, bow up and try to respond uh, like we talked a lot about doing they get
5: that first get that fast start in that first half how tough was to trying to get back in and try to how much how much did they think had of the game plan
4: at that point yeah i think uh you know that's where looking back on it we tried to be aggressive use some tempo and we were able to move it um here and there once we started activating some of that uh, but ultimately just didn't finish past that uh you know that that touchdown pass to irv we just got kept getting down into the high red and and, and just be you know one play away from getting you know, being able to activate some things down in the low red to try to score, uh, but that's where I give them credit. You know, they they were going to have a plan where, you know, they were going to try not to let us throw it over their heads and uh, you know keep everything in front. And we were patient enough, but it requires you to execute time and time and time again. And uh, you know, we just we just didn't quite have that consistency tonight that we look for, and, and our guys have demonstrated. So we'll go back and look at it and see how we can improve. Did
3: Cam Dancer get thinged up in the second half? Right? overall what did you
4: think of the way played tonight yeah i i like i i would have to go back and look at it i just know we had talked about maybe getting a caleb some time here and there and i think just the way the game was kind of going it felt like a time where uh you know the the defensive guys wanted to get him a few snaps and then um as always he he you know made a couple plays looked like he had some uh you know some bursts to him out there and then at camp's you know, in my mind, still our starting corner. It was just a matter of just getting a guy, a young player, time that we feel like has earned the right to get on the field here and there, either by package, uh, you know, dime or whatever it may be, or you know, getting him in there on some of those early downs. Would
1: you say, if anything, to Herb after a play like the drop he
2: had, just to kind of reinforce your message overall?
4: Yeah, we're going to come back to him. Uh, that's one of the things that happens when you play, you know, in an offense with guys like Justin and Adam, and 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 obviously when we you know, have our our offense in sync. A lot of times, you know, we're going to be able to get some good matchups for Irv. And if if Justin's going to dictate coverage, Irv is going to get some opportunities. And I'm excited uh, about seeing him make some of those plays. Um, You know, Irv's going to have a, he's going to have a heck of a year for us. He is. He's, uh, you know, he's he's in a good spot in our offense. Would have loved to see him make that play, unbelievable play by Kirk to kind of see the coverage in real time. And and, uh, you know, put that ball out there. And those are kind of what I'm talking about. Just one play away, and then the guys started to really want to, you know, be the guy that makes the play to change the momentum in the game. And it felt at times, me included, like we pressed a little bit. Um, and, and that's where we just got to go back to it. And I can promise you this much. Our guys, you know, as, as even post-game, um, the, there's a feeling of wanting to get right back to work. Bad taste in your mouth is one thing. Uh, but we know what our standard is, and and it starts with me tonight, um, and, and and I got to make sure I do much much more to help our guys play to their standard. On a long touchdown, uh, we're going to
6: think
4: up 14-0, where was the bus? That was that was a bus. Yeah, it looked like they nailed down our our kind of safety in a quarters look. I, you know, I kind of caught the very end of it there, uh, and and that's what happens. You you start, you know, you get you get that coverage you know, to start declaring a little bit and then, and then with their run game in there. But I thought Jalen threw the ball really well tonight. And I thought they protected him well, you know, kind of, you know, body blows with their run game. And then when those explosive, uh, you know, opportunities came, uh, you know, he made a lot of those plays and, and they made those plays. And that's where you got to give those guys credit, um, you know, just our defense. Uh, they were on the field too much. we got to sustain more complementary football early, and that's on us as an offense. And then when we get those plays, momentum changing plays throughout a game on the road, uh, you got to do more with it offensively than we did either off the block field goal or the interception.
1: was saying it was on him to try to get open more. It just seemed like there weren't that many targets to him earlier in
5: the
4: game. Is it something that was game planned that way? No, it was, you know, I, we, we, uh, you know, I can think back to a couple plays we were trying to get going for him early. Um, and, and kind of by the look, you know, we ended up checking to, you know, a couple different things based upon protection, whatever it was. Uh, but Adam, you know, you saw him kind of come to life. Uh, you know, I know it was a little bit of, uh, it had gotten away from us a little bit, but he's, his, his uh, you know, his media factor with Kirk is there. Kirk trusts him inherently, and we got to find ways to continue to get him the ball within the rhythm. But 21 plays in the first half, so, you know, not a lot of targets to go around in general um, when you only have 21 plays, and And just when you can't convert on those early third downs, stay efficient. That's how we want to activate and operate and do a lot of the things that we do offensively and when we don't do that, that's where I I 100% put it on myself. uh, To make sure we find a way and schematically, personnel based, all of those things we'll go back and take a look at. But um, I can promise you I got so much confidence in our group offensively, the guys up front our running backs and obviously our skilled players to make a lot of plays and, and I thought Kirk battled tonight and uh put him in some tough spots. Um and, and I think our overall offensive philosophy, uh when we do not succeed, you know, in activating those things, it puts a lot of pressure on the quarterback and that's where uh once again put this one hundred percent on me to be better for our offense, for our team. Um and, and that's kinda how I feel about it. What, what are the, questions what the challenges kind of you mentioned guys who want to get right back Yeah. But the challenges of a short week coming up? It? Yeah, it's going to be a challenge. We'll get right back to work as a staff and, and, and make sure our guys turn over and, 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 and get their recovery. And however we can, we've got a nice plan uh, for those guys, knowing this is our first short week um, You know, leading into a tough divisional game at home. Uh, well, you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna rally and, and fully expect to have a great atmosphere on Sunday at US Bank Stadium and uh, just like they did in the opener we expect our you know fans to combine with us playing a cleaner game and, and being ready to roll um, you know have ourselves a day at home against a good football team that's playing really well right now did Harrison end up with a yeah he uh, he did and uh, I, I, I Looking at the way he checked out and talking to Tyler and Uriah, we feel pretty, you know, strongly about where he's at, you know. But uh, we'll we'll go through the phasing. It's very very important that uh, that gets handled medically through the protocol. It is a short week, so we'll just kind of have to see where he's at. But uh, you know, he was all over the field tonight and having to make a lot of plays uh, down the field, you know, in the run and pass game. So uh, he's one of our guys, one of our leaders, and you know, not one time did you ever feel like. Uh, You know, Harrison wasn't leading the way out there, but unfortunately, we did lose him. Um, See how he is throughout the rest of the week. Yeah. Love Kirk right now.
0: Yeah. Thanks, guys. Now with Cousins. You know, when when after the Jordan Hicks interception and they get down to the nine first and goal, still with a puncher's chance to get back into or win this game, Cousins went to Jefferson a couple of times back left to the end zone, and and they were just very soft throws. It's they were 50-50 situations, but Kirk didn't seem to put enough on it. I wonder why. Uh, you're, you're right about that, and I think the well the reason why was,
1: um, you know, Philadelphia again when you're when you're when you're nursing a a, a 24-7 lead that's when they got aggressive. They started the blitz. They were all out blitzing. They were sending the kitchen sink and you know, early on we weren't uh, receivers weren't adjusting to it. Then they do adjust to it and Brandon Graham just drops himself right off in the passing lane and you know, and then you get down the you get down the field in the red zone and they get a sack out of it, you know. So, they Philadelphia mixed things up enough um, you know, for JJ you, I want you, you I'd like to take a closer look at how he played just because Slay got him on that first third down, right? The first series, first third down. No question that should have been a pass interference. And JJ didn't get the call. And I sense a little bit of I sensed a little frustration out of Jefferson the whole night. You know, he was limited to stuff that was underneath. Um, they didn't take any shots at him deep down the field. Uh, so there's there's you know, that part of it. There they figured out a way to slow and stop JJ. And you know that's but that's this league, man. That's if you know Jefferson, you're number one, and you're going to be facing the number one corner week after week after week after week. So um, you know, hopefully, a learning experience for this offense in that respect, and, and they can put things back together on a short week and get against a against a very I believe beatable team in the Detroit Lions.
0: Now for Cousins, uh, that was his 10th uh, start against the Eagles. He now has uh, 27 touchdowns and nine interceptions, including three this evening. Two went to Darius Slay, and uh, for the man they call Big Play Slay, uh, he has four two-interception games in his career. Speaking of Kirk, here's what Kirk had to say following the game.
5: All right, a disappointing performance. Um uh, you know, credit the Eagles. I thought they did a good job against us all night long, and um, you know now we've got to respond in a short week and uh, be a resilient group and uh, and get back on track. So uh, uh, you know, need to play better, and, and uh, we'll play better up ahead. You can take any questions you have. The, the the challenge, I guess, of trying to get back when they had the large early league, just to get your game plan at all, or have to try and change some things. It's tough tough, tough wasn't trying to find anything that kind of did that, that, that first jump they had? I think we tried to speed it up a little bit. Uh, you know, Certainly the two-minute-ish at the end of the half, we were going to be going fast regardless, and then I think the first drive of the second half tried to play with some tempo. Um, um, so there was a little bit of that, certainly, as the game goes on. How did you view your three interceptions, or did you see any common thread at all between any of them? No, not a common thread. Just uh, each one's different. You know, um, So you just Take each one as they as they were, and uh, and um, you know, try to improve and get better.
2: Kirk looked like on that first
1: when Justin came over to you and kind of talked with you on the sideline about it. Was I guess what happened on
3: that one from your vantage
5: point? Yeah, I was just hoping he was going to come flat there, and and uh, and so that was uh, really what happened.
3: How tough is it to get a rhythm? out a game when you start three out first your eyes' obviously you've got got things going but how tough to start there man.
5: yeah I think it was uh, uh part of the challenge was we didn't we didn't stay on the field we didn't run enough plays and um, and so those three and outs early you know aren't how we want to start how much was it,
1: how much was their defense how much of it car was their defense in terms of trying to get things going
5: yeah, I think their defense deserves credit. Um, they did a good job with, with rush and with coverage, and uh, the combination um, you know, made it made it tough for us. Kurt, what do you, you want to learn from this? You have to kind of look at the film quickly and respond to it next week. Uh, what, what do you want to find out from this? What do you want to take? Yeah, we'll watch it. We'll have good conversations. Uh, there will be a lot of good coaching going on, and, um, and then get right back to work and just try to fine-tune everything.
1: You, got, uh, you guys only got 25 yards rushing out
5: of your running backs. Uh, obviously, you were behind most of the game, but how difficult does that
6: make it when you're kind of one-dimensional almost?
5: Yeah, I think that uh, getting behind early, we probably had to throw a little more often than we would have liked and didn't stay as balanced as we'd, we'd like to be. And um, um, you know, That's probably just more the nature of the way the game went, and uh, you know, we certainly want to be balanced as, as best we can of
4: obviously or would like that one back that was perfectly thrown they did get a touchdown earlier what did you like about how he played today
5: Yeah you know it's it's good to have him back you know it's it was been a year without him in there so um you know he's a he's a dynamic player and um it's just good to get him back involved again
0: once again, the final score was 24-7 Philadelphia. Uh, Ron Johnson, one of the more accomplished receivers in the history of Golden Gophers football, um, he has a new feature we include on the Post Game Report podcast. It's called Ron Johnson's Three Takes.
6: Thanks, PA. And this is Ron Johnson coming to you from K-Fan. And these are my three takes from tonight's game. Not a ton to take away from tonight's game. Pretty bad blowout 24-7. to But... You have to find the bright spots in some of these games. And here's what the Vikings can build on. Irv Smith Jr., the usage is up. Eight targets, five receptions, 36 yards, and one touchdown. Now, here's my takeaway from that. Irv Smith Jr. was used a ton. There were a lot of left plays on that field that he left out there. He could have made so many more plays. We know the drop, uh, possible touchdown. We know the two third-down routes he ran where he kind of just – was swallowed up, one on the, the in-breaking route and one on the drag. If he improves and works on that, Irv Smith is going to be a threat. The fact that they're willing to use Irv Smith in this way, the fact that they're willing to uh, get Irv Smith into this offense, we've been looking for that. It shows that he is ready to be a force in this offense. He just has to make the plays. I think Kirk Cousins trusts him, and we're, we'll see what, what comes up against the Lions. Another takeaway, number two, in the second half, the defense shut out the Eagles. Now, were they really trying to go after it, or did the Eagles feel like, you know what, let's just not turn it over? There was an interception by Jordan Hicks, so we know the defense was trying and the offense was trying, but we know in that second half, the defense found a way to to shut them out. They gave up 24 points in the first half, turned it around, found a way to shut them down. You have to find ways, though, for the offense. Kirk Cousins threw three interceptions. If Kirk Cousins completes two of those into the end zone, it's 21-24, and the Vikings maybe have a chance to win the game at the end. So, what does that leave us? This defense got better. They figured them out, but didn't figure them out soon enough. Last takeaway, 14-9 to nine first downs in the second half. The Vikings had the advantage. They only had six in the first half. They finished with 20. The Eagles had 16. They finished with 25. So, the offense found a way to gain first downs. But it was too little, too late. We know Kirk Cousins against the Packers looked a lot more comfortable. I don't know what the Eagles were doing. I don't know if the Eagles had his number. Um, I don't know if he just wasn't getting the same motions and shifts that he got in week one versus the Packers. The Vikings looked overwhelmed. They didn't look as prepared as they did versus the Packers as they did versus the Eagles. With that said, I think Kirk Cousins can get it together against the Lions. There's no other option there. Darius Slay is one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. He showed it tonight. He said that I want to take on Justin Jefferson. That's what Jair Alexander wanted from the Packers. They also bracketed Justin Jefferson and had a safety over the top. So Darius Slay could take more chances on some of those comebacks and those curls, and it paid off. He got away with a couple holds here and there, and that's why he was able to contain Justin Jefferson. And then at the times, Justin Jefferson just looked lost, did not feel like the ball was coming his way. But, hey. That's how the cookie crumbles. The Vikings lose 24-7 to the Philadelphia Eagles. They are now 1-1. They head into this Lions game. If they lose to the Lions, you don't want to do that. That puts the Lions ahead of them in the division. And that's something nobody saw coming. But at the end of the day, the Eagles were the better team. Kirk Cousins didn't have a great day. Justin Jefferson was not the Cooper Cup we thought he would be in this defense. Well, they gave up way too much in the first half and just could not get enough from the offense in the second half. Well, those were my three takes from tonight's game. Back to you at the stadium, PA.
0: Thank you, RJ. Uh, the Lions are 1-1. One one. The Vikings are 1-1. One one. It's a noon kickoff at U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, Jared Goff just threw four touchdowns against zero interceptions. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, who beat the Vikings at Ford Field last year, uh, he's having a phenomenal season. He had a long run in the game against Washington, plus a prolific receiving game. Uh, just top of the head uh, into the practice week and then obviously the game in six days. Uh, what uh, What is a singular key to beating the lions, I think the singular key, Paul, is don't make, quit making stupid
1: mistakes. Catch the ball when it's thrown your way. You know, you mentioned Amon Ross St. Brown on the big run that he had. That was a jet sweep that Washington just completely let go. Right? They let us jet sweep turn into a fifty-some yard run. The 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 last touchdown that was caught um, by the running back. The last touchdown that Goff threw. It was third and, like, 18, and the running back caught the ball, fell down, and was able to get back up and then beat four Washington Washington football players to the end zone. So, I mean, Washington did a lot to help Detroit out uh, in that football game. You know, they're they're struggling in the middle of their offensive line. They've got two two nice offensive tackles, but the middle of that offensive line is a bit of a mess. Defensively, they're extremely aggressive. They blitzed 40% of the time against Philadelphia in the opening game. So, yeah, we've got to weather the storm uh, early because they're going to be aggressive and come after us. And then defensively, I expect us to, to really get after Goff and dominate because if you leave Goff alone, he's a good thrower. He's a great passer, but we should be able to pressure him and match up very well with this wide receiver core.
0: That's Pete Bursich, and I'm Paul Allen. The Philadelphia Eagles beat the Minnesota Vikings 24-7. Eagles 2-0. The Vikings are 1-1, and they play the Lions Sunday at noon at U.S. Bank Stadium, and the Lions are 1-1. Thank you very much for listening to the Post Game Report Podcast.